Welcome back to episode 51 of the Back Pocket Banner podcast. We bring you another big guest. He played 264 games of AFL, 251 of those at Melbourne. He's club captain and All-Australian. We welcome James McDonald. Thanks for joining us, James. Uh, pleasure, boys. Thanks, to, thanks for having me on. No worries. Um, so first of all, I guess we'll take you back to the start a little bit and, like, and when you kind of first got into footy and, and yeah, got into the, loving the game. Um, uh, just probably trying to jog my memory now, but I always liked, loved footy as a kid. Um, I started playing junior footy and under-14s probably when I was about eight or something at a country's club called Warborough, which is about uh, 20 minutes out of Ballarat. Yep. So that's where I grew up on a farm there. And, um, yes, I started playing there and um, played there for, uh, I don't know, four or five years and then went and played for a club in Ballarat called... Uh, they were just a junior club, actually, Ballarat YCW, um, which are now, I think, they're Lake Wendaroo now, or the Lakers or something, I think they're called in the Ballarat League. Um, yeah, so, but always had um, a passion for footy as a kid. Barry for the Cats, Gary Ablett Senior was my hero. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then, mate, I was lucky enough, the two older brothers got drafted. Uh, the oldest one, Alex, he was actually a number one pick. He went to uh, Hawthorne in, that must have been 88, I think. Yeah, 88. Yeah, so he got drafted. And then Anthony, my, the next oldest brother, he got drafted to Carlton, I think. Might have been a year or two later. Yeah. So he always had sort of uh, aspirations to follow them. And, um, yeah, and they just sort of evolved from there, I think. Yeah, I can imagine with um, you, you three boys, a few um, good back, uh, backyard battles. Yeah, no, there was plenty, plenty of that. Uh, as you know, growing up on the farm, there's not, not, a, not a lot to do other, apart from helping the old man out with some farm work. So whenever we got a chance to play, I've got a younger brother as well, so there's plenty of uh, two-on-two out, out, in the, uh, out in the paddock. So that's how we sort of learned our trade. Yeah, yeah oh, awesome. that's a go. Yeah, so a few years before being drafted, um, you suffered from chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, how did that sort of affect your preparation off-field and performance on-field at that time. I know that's a pretty sort of uh, tough thing to deal with. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm just trying to think now. It sort of happened around year 12. I don't know. Probably made a bit of burnout. I was probably playing school footy and um, Bell Out Rebels at the time and probably just had a bit of burnout really. I don't know, looking back. But anyway, yeah, so I think that's what they diagnosed it then at the time, chronic fatigue. But <clears throat> I'll probably... I actually took it, finished year 12, and then I didn't play footy for a year, didn't do anything for a year, um, which is, yeah, I mean, hindsight probably worked out pretty well. Had a bit of a year off and a bit like you liked having a bit of a gap year, I suppose, and yeah, had a bit of fun. And um, and then, uh, yeah, took a year off and then got back into the footy the year after that. Yeah, yeah. give yourself a bit of a refresh would have helped for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably sort of how it all evolved. And then, um, yeah, got back into the footy the, the next year and then I was lucky enough to get picked up after playing a year in uh, uh, the amateurs, which is the Alds of, I played for the Alds of Arians in the amateurs in Melbourne. So that's where I got picked up from. 
Yeah, and I guess on that on the draft, obviously you went pick sixty uh, seventy eight in the first ever rookie draft. Um, did you have an idea going into it whether you're going to get picked up or any indication from clubs or like what was the feeling kind of going into that whole night? Uh, mate, it was a bit different back then. Like the the rookie draft was uh, back then. It was like in February or March. So, um, so I actually hadn't done any preseason training and. Um, Melbourne had spoken to me and uh, I had an older brother, Anthony, who was already at the club, so I had a couple of conversations with Melbourne, but there was no guarantee they're going to pick me up. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I was probably one of their last, I think it might have been, uh, I reckon that draft was myself, Russell Robinson, maybe, I think Rob was a rookie player, I'm not sure. Uh, him, Daniel Ward, there's a few of us, but I think I was the last pick, so. You know, I think they just took a bit of a pun on me, mate. I don't know, not expecting too much. So, um, so yeah, he got picked up. I think it was in February or March, I reckon it was, back then. It's changed a bit now. So, um, yeah, so I was probably, I went when I went down to the club, I was pretty green. I was probably had no fitness and coming from a long way back. But anyway, sort of uh, eventually towards the end of that year, I was able to I, play. Uh, I was probably lucky we finished bottom that year and uh, sort of giving games away, but I was lucky enough to think I might have played three or four games that year, so yeah. that gave me a bit of a taste of it. And I was sort of – 98 was the year that I really got sort of serious about it. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. And I guess after – I don't know how you would have found out the news, um, but was it – were you with the family or do you remember that sort of stuff, um, kind of the emotion no, uh, you got there? Not really. It probably wasn't that – you know, it probably wasn't built up to what it was yeah, no. you know, these days with its, you know, the coverage and all sort of stuff. I think I was, I was working at the time and um, I don't know, I think I got a phone call maybe from the footy club. So, uh, yeah, there was no real sort of live coverage like it is now. So I think I just got a phone call. I think I might have been working at the time and just got a phone call from the footy club saying so they'd pick me up in the rookie draft and get uh, come in the training the next day. That was about it. Get busy. Get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In 1997, you made your debut alongside your brother, Anthony. Uh, how crazy was that sort of experience to play your first league match with him? Obviously, a pretty rare thing to uh, play alongside your brother. Yeah, no, it was exciting. Actually, it was against Collingwood. My other brother was playing for Collingwood at the time, and he actually got dropped that week. So it would have been good yeah. if he played, but he, he actually got dropped that week. But. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It's always good. I had an older brother there, and so he sort of, he can sort of, I was lucky enough for him to be able to talk me through it and what to expect. So, and it's, you know, you hear all young players today when they first play their first game, it's probably the step up in intensity and, um, you know, the tempo of the game probably takes you by surprise generally. Um, well, I found that. So, it probably, yeah, t- took me a while to, sort of adjust to the pace of the game. But, yeah, it was ex- exciting. I think I might have kicked a goal in my first game. So um, from that point of view, it was, yeah, it was, you know, as a, as a kid, you, you dream of that sort of stuff in a way. So, um, yeah, and I was, you know, I was, I was pretty wrapped to be able to play, play my first game, that's for sure. Yeah, no, awesome. And I guess the following year, like you just kind of touched on there, uh, you played a game with both your brothers, one with and the other against. How, I guess, how rare was that? And did you cross paths again? Uh, was there any like friendly banter in the game as well? Because uh, obviously, a couple with and one against. So. 
Yeah, no, that was, that was the only game we all played together, I think. Yeah. Alex's yeah. older brother, I think he yeah. probably might have retired or two after that. And he had a bit of a dodgy hit, but I actually played on him that game for maybe a couple of quarters on the wing. So being the older brother, he was giving me plenty of lip and I didn't have too many comebacks. But I think we were lucky enough to win the game. So I think, you know, I had the last laugh in the end. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a pretty awesome experience. And no doubt, I guess, would have been pretty cool for you, your parents to, you know, sit back and watch that as well. Yeah, no, it was. And, um, yeah, as I said, I think, I, I'm, yeah, from memory, that was the only time I think we all played on the same game. So, yeah, it was a pretty um, special moment for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that season, uh, Melbourne went all the way. No, that season, actually. Yeah, Melbourne went all the way to the prelim uh, where you featured, playing a few games there. How big was the step up from the home and away to uh, finals in terms of intensity and the difficulty of the game? Uh, yeah, finals. Yeah, you hear everyone talking. It's probably it just goes up another level because there's so much at stake and probably you know the, every possession that uh, you get or every contest you're in, there's just a bit of added pressure and intensity to it. So, um, yeah, no, definitely. That, that year we... We might have won two finals and we lost a prelim to North, I think. Um, yeah. Who then lost the Blade, who we beat by about 10 goals in the first final. But anyway, it was a different, um, <clears throat> it was a different final system back then. But, uh, um, yeah, no, that was, you know, that was my second year and I was, uh, I was lucky enough to play. Not that I played a big part, but I played in all those three finals. So that was, that was a really good experience for sure. Yeah, and late in the 2000 season, you did uh, you suffered a knee injury, which forced you to miss the the finals run, including the grand final. Um, I guess how difficult was that, considering you know you work a, like a lot of hard work goes into getting there, and then to do that, obviously, would be disappointing. I can imagine. Yeah, it was yeah, hundred percent, and you know, I'd, probably that would have been no two thousand. What was that? My third, fourth, fifth year, maybe. And so you think, oh yeah, you get another chance at it, but I was. Unfortunately, I didn't get another chance to, you know, have the opportunity to play in the grand final. So, um, but, you know, it's just one of those things. You're, you're disappointed at the time, but, um, you know, at the same time, you're excited for the team because they're going really well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, mate, it's one of those things, it's out of your control. So you can't, it happened, it happened, and you just sort of move forward and, Concentrate on your rehab and trying to get ready to, you know, play the next year. So you're disappointed for a short period of time, but that's just what happens. Yeah, no, for sure. Neil Danaher uh, coached you for 10 years, I think. Um, how did you find him as a coach and how big a role do you think he had in turning you sort of from way out of finishes to a grand final and a few other uh, finals appearances in the next few years? Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great coach. So he's probably my, yeah, I think that first year was Neil Baum and unfortunately he got sacked halfway through it. So I never actually played a game under him. But Yeah, right. Um, and then you had Neil for 10 years and then Dean Bailey for maybe three or four, I reckon. Just trying to think. Yeah, it might have been three or four. But, um, yeah, so he was obviously major influence on my career and, um, you know, he's pretty hard coach but generally if you did what he said he sort of was pretty fair and um you know and he, he definitely got the best out of me so I'm 
very grateful for the opportunity he gave me. And, you know, he was, he was a great coach. I think we, we were a bit inconsistent from we would make finals and the next year we wouldn't make finals. We had a bit of a pattern going there for a while. But I think under him we made, we played, played in six final series out of those 10 years. So, it was, you know, it's a pretty good record. Got it to a grand final and a prelim. So, um, then I think I think he'd be pretty happy with, you know, we probably had opportunities to probably – Make another grand final, thinking two oh four or five maybe, but um, anyway, we um, didn't capitalise on that chance. But no, he's he's a he's, I thought he uh, was a really good coach. Yeah, sure. uh, and I guess it, also to see you know what he's doing doing now for not only the game but the the wider community it must be um, you know because you'd probably have a close attachment to him than you know, some others. So um, that must be you know you must be proud of what he's what he's achieving. Yeah, yep. Um, well, probably, I think what he's achieved, you know, since he's been diagnosed with MND, is probably far outweighed, you know, what he achieved as a, you know, I think he's a great player as well and what his coaching um, accolades are. So, in a way, he sort of moved on to, you know, a, a bigger and better purpose in life in a way and it's just amazing how he, um, how strong and resilient he is. So, um yeah, it's it's fantastic to be able to you know it's it's sad to see him in the state he's in, but you know in a way it's fantastic what he's you know the, the what he's been able to achieve and you know the optimism and you know he puts on life even though he's you know he's been dealt a pretty pretty uh, harsh card. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah, true inspiration for all, and and um, yeah, with everything like even you know the beanies and stuff, it's um, yeah, it's gonna. Change a lot of lives for sure. So, yeah, yeah, amazing, mate. Absolutely amazing. In two thousand and three, you had a great uh, personal season, uh, finishing runner-up in the best and fairest. Um, did that make you kind of realise that you could, you know, match at the level and uh, give you some confidence, kind of going forward, um, that you could really forge a real career out of it? Um. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's, um. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard. I well, like two thousand I sort of started to consistently play some good footy and then I obviously did my knee so sort of come back and played uh, I'm just trying to think maybe half the year in two thousand and one. So that generally in a first year back from a knee wreck, you're just trying to find your confidence again and then two oh two, I can't remember. Yeah, oh three, we didn't I don't think we had a great year as a team, but um yeah, I was able to play um some good consistent footy. Um so yeah, that probably yeah gave me the belief to maybe realise that, you know, probably, you know, keep working hard and be disciplined, that sort of stuff that um, you know, you can forge a decent career out of it. Yeah, sure. You represented uh, Australia against Ireland in the international rules series in front of eighty thousand people um over there. What was it like representing your country on a really big d- stage? And had you heard sort of much about the the game of Gaelic footy and how to play it? Yeah, a little bit. I had a, um, a mate, an Irish mate who who came over and was on Melbourne's list for a few years, Nick Walsh, and so he sort of told me a bit about it. And um, uh, but yeah, it was a, a really great experience. It's um, you know, it's one of those things I'm. Glad I got the opportunity to go and play in it. Um, from memory, I think we lost the first game and then that was the year that Fev got the barman in a headlock, so he got sent home. And um, 
So it was, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of entertainment while we're over there. But uh, yeah, it's and uh, you know those the Gaelic what the AFL players are professional and they get paid, whereas the Gaelic footballers are amateurs and they still work nine to five and. You know, their skill set and how fit they are is, is quite amazing what they're able to achieve. So, yeah, it's a really, really good concept. Um, I know all the Aussie blokes that, you know, went over to Ireland was, a, you know, was a fantastic. Um, they all seemed to really enjoy it. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was one of the great memories that I had for my career for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, obviously on the captaincy, we'll touch on that. You took the reins midway through 08 until 2010. How exciting, I guess, was that uh, step up and challenging to, you know, lead an AFL club out there um, each week? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's um, yeah, it's a great honour and probably one of the greatest honours you can have is to, especially playing AFL, is to um, captain your side. So, um, you know, it took me a while to, you know, took over from David Neitz, who was a, you know, amazing leader. He did it for a long time and, um, you know, big, big shoes to fill. But, um, you know, I did it for a short period of time. But it, it takes you a good probably, you know, six months to a year to sort of feel reasonably comfortable in the um, in the role. But, um, you know, it was when you're just not worrying about your own game but you're sort of trying to make sure that, you know, most of the players are um, – Getting the most out of themselves and committing to the team. So, and then the communication with the the coach and even the responsibilities, sort of off field stuff about promoting the brand of the club and lots of stuff. So it's, it's added duties, but it's a it's a great opportunity to um, build your skill set. And as I said, probably yeah, one of the greatest things you can do is you know I thought anyway to be able to captain my club. Yeah, yeah no doubt, very special. Yeah, you won the club's. Best and Ferris in 2006 and then again in 2007. Uh, when you look back on that sort of how much pride do you get like sort of performing well and leading your club well through those tough times, doing all you can sort of on field? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd probably I'm not uh, – my way of leading is probably more by example than what, what I say. So, um, you know, so it's, it's important that uh, – you know, um, through 06 and 07, yeah, one back-to-back. So I was in had pretty good years. 06, we made finals. 07, that was the year Neil Dunn had finished up. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, you get to that stage and then you sort of build your game, your confidence to have um, play consistently every week. That's probably what it comes down to and, you know, what how to prepare every week, week in, week out, and good preparation. That's where your consistency comes from. Yeah, no, for sure. And obviously, um, you love you love to tackle. Um, you record you broke the record for the most tackles in '06. Was that like growing up as well? Was that something you always um, like pride yourself on and a big part of your um, skill set? I guess. Wow, well, mate! You can look at it two ways. One is that you know you're tackling it competitive and whatever, but the other, the other way you can look at it is, mate, is you're not getting your hands on the ball. If you get your hands on the ball, you don't have to worry about tackling. So, yeah. um, see, see blokes like Dusty Martin, mate, he, he doesn't have to worry about tackling too much because he's <laughs> always got the ball. In. So, but anyway, that was just, uh, and, mate, I, I did a lot of tagging roles and throughout my career. So, you know, and I was always playing, not always, but played majority of my career in the midfield. So, you know, you probably, 
you know, you should be laying a few tackles if you're playing in that sort of position. Yeah. yeah. And on the tag role, I guess, is that something you – like, I guess, how did that sort of come about, that role, and did you play that at all through juniors or up through the ranks? Nah, never, never mate. You'd, you wouldn't want to be doing a tag role in the juniors, but um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just happy to game anyway I could, mate, when I got to the AFL. But, uh, oh, no, sort of, I never started out as a tagger, but I started my career <clears throat> more, more so as a sort of small forward, really. Um, and as you develop, you get a bit bigger and build your endurance. The opportunity came up, and for me to get in the midfield, um, you know, to try and find a role. And you know, don't know who gave me a role. My career, I might have been just trying to think. The first might have been Josh Franco from Port Adelaide. It might have been my first tagging role. Um, but in saying that, you know, but I'm sort of grateful that I got that sort of role because I got to sort of play on all the best players in the competition. So, you know, you Chris Judds and Ben Cousins and Nakamanis and Simon Black and Gary Ablett. So yeah. from that point of view, I've got, uh, got um, the best seat in the house to see how they go about their business and playing on those great players. And you learn a lot from them as well. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. it. helped me, gave me focus every week. And, um, and, you know, and as you build your game, you try and, Win a bit of your own ball as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you play all right on those blokes, you've done a done a pretty good job because they're well, they were stars. Pretty much the best players in their side, if not sort of the league. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, not sure. I don't not sure if I won too many of them, though. But um, yeah. anyway, it was a good experience. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, starting in two thousand seven, you had. Uh, Three coaches, I think, in the space of sort of a couple of years, maybe one and a half, two years. Um, how hard was it to sort of deal with that, and how did the how did the players go about moving on to another voice in those years? Because it uh, must have felt like you were probably uh, seeing a different head quite often. No, not really. Like we had Neil Danner, and he finished up, you know, maybe halfway through the year, or yeah, it might have been a bit over halfway through the year. Then I think Mark Riley coached us at the end of the year, who was an assistant coach. He'd been there, uh, I would say, five or six years. So, you know, and we knew him pretty well. And then uh, Dean Bailey come on and it's, you know, like players adapt pretty quickly. You just have to. It's a business and, um, you know, and sometimes it's, in a way, it's good to, if you've been there a long time, it's sometimes you can hear a fresh voice. I think it's, um, you know, and you can learn um, some new tricks and new way of thinking and new way uh, and a new way of playing the game. So, you know, sometimes it's, it can be good. Um, there's not too many players who would have you know, one coach for their whole career. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, yeah. no, not at all. Yeah, uh, it's obviously been well documented about um, Maxi Gorn getting caught smoking on the way training. Obviously, the boys give him a bit. I think about it um, as a youngster. Is it? True that you saw him on the way, and um, or and was part of the people that had you know had to have a chat to the young, um, young cheeky man. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, he, Max, he was pretty, pretty green when he got down to the club, but uh, he was. But he was always a good big personality, and um, you know, you just didn't realise that sort of you know the professionalism of football at the time. So, um, but. 
you know, he's he's gone on to be a um, you know a superstar of the competition, you know, and a fantastic captain as well. So, yeah. um, you know, you put those things that happen, just put it down to experience, and and sometimes you you can learn a lot from good and bad experiences. So, you know, and what he's done now is um. Yeah, it's amazing how he's turned out to be the player he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. moment probably shaped him, and I think he he said on a few things that he didn't know. Sort of other players travelled that route wherever um, <laughs> he got spotted to get to training, but then he, he realised pretty quickly that it was a pretty common way of getting down to um, <laughs> down to Casey. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and Casey. Yeah, so anyway, he's he's, uh, he's obviously remembered it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty memorable. I think I think he's about reasonably regularly to us from the the boys probably get into him a bit, but <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, you reached a huge milestone playing your two fiftieth game against Port Adelaide in twenty ten. Uh, how special was it, I guess, to reach that milestone? And obviously, very few pl- players actually get to you know tick that one off. So, how was that? Yeah, it's uh, you. You sort of when you start playing footy, you don't really sort of look at the milestones. And probably when you get there, you probably you sort of more focused on the the game, to be honest. But yeah, that's yeah, um, you know, achievement I'm proud of, and just probably lucky, I suppose. You need a bit of luck with injuries, and um, probably the more so the injuries, yeah. And um, you know, I was pretty lucky throughout my career; I didn't get injured too much. So yeah, no, I'm really uh, proud of being able to. To achieve that, yeah, for sure. And you announced your retirement at the end of that year. Uh, what was behind the decision to hang up the boots momentarily, as it was? Oh, mate, it was just probably uh, yeah. Well, I announced my retirement, but I got told to retire, so that, that was the decision, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Eh? So, um, yeah, it happened everywhere, mate. You get a bit older and a bit slower and whatever else, and um, you know, and there's young players coming through and. You know, they can probably do it a bit quicker and faster than what you can. So that's just what it is, mate. Everyone had a good run. Move on. In 2011, you joined the AFL match review panel uh, amongst doing a few other things. How did it feel to not be walking into the Melbourne uh, footy club after it had been your home for the last 14 years or so? Yeah, it takes a a big adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a big adjustment. Sure. Um, it's, it's like been your second home for the last whatever it was, thirteen. Yeah, it might have been fourteen years. Um, so yeah, it takes it takes a while to uh, transition out of the out of the um, out of the game. But uh, anyway, everyone everyone has to go through it, and some handle it better than others. But you try and keep yourself busy with work and have kids in, and so um, yeah, you just got to keep keep uh, moving forward. Yeah, how would you get into the uh, match review panel stuff with the AFL? Uh, uh, yeah, I think they probably asked about 50 blokes and they all said no and then they <laughs> asked me and I said yes. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that was, a good, that was a good experience though. Um, did that for a year and um, that gave me a good insight of sort of how the AFL think and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting role because, you know, it's – and you hand those decisions out, everyone's got an opinion and, you know, there's, I think there's three of us on the panel and, you know, you sort of come to a majority vote and some we don't didn't always agree but the majority always won out and, you know, you're not 
end of the day, you're not going to always get it right and you're never going to please everyone. But, yeah, it was a really good experience to go through that process every Monday and, you know, and it fines and suspensions and all that sort of stuff. It was, no, it was a really, really interesting uh, process to go through. Yeah, no, awesome. I believe you also had a bit of affiliation with GWS that year. Uh, once the AFL side was kind of, you know, introduced, was that always a, a plan or something in the back of your mind to be involved and, and sign as assistant coach for that, that season? Uh, not really. So it's something developed throughout the year, I think. Um, you know, we had sort of preliminary talks with them probably early in the year and I look and you know, I went up there with the intention to play a year and then coach for two and you know, I didn't know whether I was going to be able to play or not because I took a year off yeah. pretty much. Um, but anyway, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I thought it would be a great opportunity to, with a start-up club and it was pretty exciting. So um, I wasn't too locked into what I was doing. So I yeah, took the opportunity and went up there for three years. It was yeah, really great experience. I met some great people and... Um, Great people, and uh, you know, still made some good friendships out of it, and still keep in close contact with them. Yeah, yeah that's nice. good. Right. Yeah, you were drafted to the Giants in the 2011 draft. That must have given you sort of a sense of deja vu, or was it? Well, I'm, actually, to be honest, it was a lot, probably a lot different experience with how, how the draft time. was uh, done from when you first got drafted to uh, the one a bit later on. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, well, that was 15 years on. So, you know, they make a big song and dance with it now, and Fox Footy's all over it. And <laughs> um, so, I, I, it probably wasn't that exciting for me at the time because I sort of knew that, you know, it was going to happen or whatever. And, um, but, you know, for all those young blokes that year, I think they had a bit, they might have had 20 picks or 15 or 20 picks that year, I think, in the draft. So, might have been more, even, I don't know. Yeah, but, cool. um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was re- really good. Uh, you know, that year it was hard going that year, and the Giants I think might have. Oh, we might have won two games, I think. Um, but uh, it was exciting that year, though, because young players coming from all over the country and all ending up in Sydney, and um, it was um, yeah, really special time. Yeah, and I guess how did it feel, kind of being back out there, you know, running around and with a very young uh, group as well. Yeah, it took it took a while to find my find my legs again. Um, yeah. Probably not. I was playing. I remember playing practice match, doing pre season and uh, playing practice matches. And for oh, geez, I'm probably a bit old here. But anyway, as the first game came along and found my legs again, and sort of, I think I might end up playing. <clears throat> well, I got suspended in my first game, which didn't help. But then, uh, um. So I missed the next two weeks. But, yeah, I think I might have played 12 or 13 games. But, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really good fun. And, um, you yeah, know, still a lot of players up there that I played with um, from that, that first game. There's probably there might be six of eight of them still there, actually. Um, so from that point of view, it was you know, a great experience. Yeah, I was, re- I was reading about that. I uh, got Wookie Parker with a, a good one there. <laughs> they missed the, yeah, missed he was pretty Pretty unlucky, mate. He's pretty unlucky for uh, for me to for me to knock him out. So, but anyway, I must have got him right on the right because there wasn't much in it. But anyway, got him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's hard as a cat's head, um, Lukey Parker. So, yeah, he yeah, would have been he would have yeah. been pretty young back then, uh, Luke, because he's now not sure how old he is. But 2012, that's 
Yeah, a while back he would have been young fella. Yeah, he, he might have only been 20 back then, so he would have been, yeah, just a young young pup. But um, anyway, he's gone on to be a, be a great player of the competition. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say who yeah, you who are a couple um like when you look back on your career who are a couple of kind of the you mentioned some of the better players you played against was there any you found tougher than uh, others or um, any that really stand out when you kind of look back on it? Um yeah probably uh, Simon Black was always hard to play on I found just because he was so um so clean with his hands he just he never fumbled and so he never gave you a chance to. Um, never gave you a chance to, to tackle him or try and dispossess him or something like that. And he, he, was, had a, he was very um, – had a big engine too. He could run all day. So I found him quite difficult. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know, Akamanis, when I played on him when he was on fire, um, he was very explosive. He was pretty hard to stop, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, Gard and Ablett and these blokes, Mitchell, um yeah, there's pl- plenty of them. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you now live in uh, Hamilton. What was behind the move to uh, get down to southwest Victoria? Uh, I saw a sign on the road. It said, all roads lead to Hamilton, so I moved <laughs> oh, to Hamilton. Yeah, yeah right, eh? <laughs> yeah, just a bit of tree change, just a bit of change of scenery. No, I just uh, involved in Agriculture, mate. So uh, just down here for a bit of work stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. Awesome. And I guess, um, what are kind of any? Do you have any goals or aspirations um, for the future g- going forward? Anything you uh, want to tick off or that sort of stuff? Um. Nah, I don't really. My probably biggest goal at the moment is to get the kids to bed. <laughs> um, but yeah. it's a tough one. <laughs> but nah, not. All that sporting stuff's finished, mate. So uh, you put all your focus now into your kids and trying to raise them the best you can. So that's probably my focus at the moment. Yeah. And how, how does a young fella, um, you know, enjoy running around having a kick? Yeah, no, I two of them play down at uh, Penzers down the 12. So yeah, they enjoy that. Yeah, they, they love their footy. So they get into it. But hopefully, <clears throat> I think they're back on this weekend. So um, you're a bit yeah. frustrated with all this COVID lockdown and whatever, so hopefully I can get a couple more games in before the season's finished. Yeah, you would have had to be um, put up with the young fellas in remote learning as well um, if they weren't be able to go to school. So. Yeah, that's right. They went back today, so which is yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We are we are back now with footy this week, so hopefully we can get a couple away, but there won't be any crowds, so I think we're just rocking up, playing, and then I think we've got to go. They only have as many yeah. people as what they sort of need to have there. I reckon. Yeah. And I know that'll work with the juniors, but anyway, we'll work it out. Yeah. Yeah, that will whole, be interesting. Whole different kettle of fish with um with all the COVID stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, awesome. So, I reckon that's um pretty much everything we have for you, James. We can't thank you enough, obviously, coming on and have a chat to us and um yeah, wish you all the best for the future and I'm sure we we'll probably see you around uh, around the traps. Yeah, good on you, boys, and uh, yeah, no, it's, um, thanks for having me on, and hopefully I bump into you down the down the street. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. sure. You might say, might say, kind of run around the two trying to get a kick, and um, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, what, mate. What, what number do you wear, Connor? I wear number uh, sixty-two, so pretty heavy on the back. <laughs> I think that's it. Would be one of the highest um, numbers at the club, so I'm not. Uh, 
Not sure if that's uh, insult or I, not. I, I, started, I started at 54 at Melbourne, so you can work your way down, mate. Yeah. Just yeah. Get a bit lighter on the back. Yeah, it was one of the uh, yeah. smallest uh, Guernsey. So no, I feel like normally they might have it the other way around, like number one, the uh, smallest. But no, nah, they started, started high, so hopefully I can work my way down to like number 23 or something like what you or yeah. for a while. Work there. it down, mate. You just got to fill it out, fill it out. You'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll see how we go. Uh,